MoneyWeb now on the money. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. I'm chatting with Carl Wales, Portfolio Manager at Flagship Asset Management. Carl, appreciate the time today. I want to kick off with an evergreen point, I suppose, which is that forecasting is hard, and perhaps 2023 really taught that to us. If we go back to Jan last year, concerns around U.S. recession, concerns around U.S. GDP, both were very pessimistic, both ultimately very wrong. Simon, I can even put numbers to it. At the beginning of 2023, people were expecting GDP growth in the US of only 0.3%, and it closed the year at 2.4%. So it was a stark, stark difference to expectation. In addition to that, you know, we saw the US labor market far stronger than anticipated. And the Fed seems to have achieved its aim by bringing inflation down while still keeping GDP growth robust. Yeah, and kudos to the FOMC, Jerome Powell and his team there. Staying with that, I mean, you know, if we look at data instead and turn to valuations, blended forward PE for the S&P 500 is 20x. Long run average is 16.7. The US market is expensive, certainly in places. Yes, certainly we think so. So even if you look at what happened last year, we saw very strong economic growth, but markets rallied far ahead of that. So the S&P 500 closed the year up 24%, and the NASDAQ closed up the year blistering 54%. So excellent performance out of markets and even more excellent than the performance out of the economy. And then, so let's take it to stock picking. Now, stock picking is always a selective process, perhaps a little more selective than usual because of a bunch happening out there. We haven't even touched on elections in 70 economies and the like. One of those spaces you like is FMCG, but you are saying that you're being extra selective here, perhaps, and Heineken, one that comes up on your radar. Yeah, I mean, just to give you a little bit of context, in 2023, we obviously saw the magnificent stocks rally pretty hard. And actually, 76% of the total return of the index was just those seven stocks. So in 2024, we are looking for more defensive positions. And Mm -hmm. FMCG are amongst the sectors which tick those boxes for us within FMCG. In our view, you can basically split the sector into two components. The component that we believe is fairly priced, and there are a number of stocks within that component. And then there are guys who have very similar growth profiles to the rest of them, but they're trading on far lower multiples than they have in a couple of years. And within that bucket, we are seeing stocks like Heineken and Rick Ben Kaiser, for example. I suppose that is part of the process. I want to say always, and, and maybe there's a caveat to that, but there's always going to be opportunity in the market. It's, it's your job and your colleague's job to go and find it. Well, certainly I believe so, but perhaps I'm the wrong person to <laughs> ask me because I make stock picking my career. But yeah, we certainly believe that within any market, there will be pockets of value. And certainly in 2024, we believe it would pay to be cautious. One sector that I think has probably sort of been off the radar for some time is European defence. You make the point in a note you put out, NATO countries have been underspending their budgets and they've got a budget level they're supposed to spend. They've been underspending for years. Of course, they've got a war right on their doorstep. Suddenly European defence is looking attractive. We think it's looking very attractive. So it fits that first criterion of being a defensive sector. Mm -hmm. I mean, in this case, you know, the government's your biggest client and they are less likely to be affected by um, move fluctuations in the economy. And as you said, the 
underspend by European countries on defense has been massive. It's, it's interesting to point out that the U.S. has provided as much medical aid to Ukraine post the Russian invasion mm. as Europe has. But Russia sits on Europe's border. It, it doesn't sit on the border of the United States. So, yeah, some huge, huge additional defense spend that has to be made there. And what are some of the listed stocks that will potentially benefit from it? Within Europe, there are a number of large defense stocks. The two we like are Hensoldt, which is a German defense company, and mm -hmm. Thales, which is a French defense company. There are others which we are less familiar with, such as BAE and Leonardo in Italy. The reason why we like Hensoldt and Thales is mainly due to valuation. So they are trading on low teens multiples and expected to grow their earnings at low teens. We're sitting in a price earnings to growth multiple for those two socks of just over one times, which we think is very, very attractive. And then what about China? China was, I was going to say, everyone expected a great stuff from China last year. Probably not everybody, but certainly a lot did. China disappointed. But there are some valuations out there and Alibaba stands out. You know, it's cheap by almost any metric. But does one sort of hold back with caution or is there opportunity in China? China has been a huge disappointment for us for a number of years now. Mm. It's, it's at least been three years since that whole Jack Ma Alibaba controversy. We just don't see things getting better yet. The biggest problem in our mind with China is that there is no rule of law. You know, the regulators can make any rulings they choose to make. And there's no recourse for people who fall victim to those regulations. Regulators in China, also, there's no coherent policy at the moment, in our view. One day, they imposing gaming restrictions. The next day, they're removing gaming restrictions, which is particularly yeah. relevant for Tencent, Nuspas. You know, one day, they're courting foreign investment. The next day, you know, they're passing regulations like new security laws in Hong Kong, which would obviously make foreigners, expats working in Hong Kong, very nervous. So it's just, there's no policy coherence, and there's just... No ways to contest regulations, which are in many cases irrational or unfair. And that's a good point. I mean, sometimes you might find a great stock, a great valuation, and the business is great. But the broader environment, you mentioned the regulatory environment within China. You look at that and you think, like the stock, but no, rather actually go and find something else. Because that environment in which it operates can have a significantly detrimental effect. Absolutely. I mean, with shares, you know, you get your returns from two areas. The first area is obviously the dividend mm -hmm. yield. And the second area is the re-rating. So if a stock's cheap and it's trading on eight multiple, you know, you're hoping that it goes from eight times earnings to 12 times earnings. But that isn't going to happen unless there is an improvement in sentiment. And that only happens when investors get more constructive of the economy and on the company. And we're just not seeing that happen in China. For yep. now. And a lot of that could be said about our own economy, but we'll leave that there. Carl Wells, Portfolio Manager, Flagship Asset Management. Appreciate the time. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider.